a family favorite for three decades. The Bull Run Festival of Lights dazzles with two and a half miles of sparkling holiday lights. See more than 600 light displays, with new displays added every year. Ooh and ah as you drive through the winter wonderland, where it's always snowing, and come see the tallest light display yet. Extend the magic of the holidays by visiting early, starting November 10th. Get your tickets now at BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. That's BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. There's only one road into Key West, but you won't believe where it can take you. Travel back in time to a city rich with history. Discover amazing artists and musicians. Taste seafood fresh off the boat. Or just kick back and soak up the island vibe. For more about Key West, visit flakeys.com. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, the People's Bishop and Pastor of Harvest Church. We exist to lead people to totally love God, love people, and love life as one church in global locations. Find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church on our website at www.harvestchurch.church or get our app by texting the word HARVEST to the number 55498. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Now, let's get into today's life-giving message. Let's say it together. I am blessed because the life-giving message I am about to hear will change what I do in Jesus' name. Amen. So God, we invite you into this room. We invite you, God, not only in Denver, but in Atlanta, every place we are gathered together tonight or even for those watching the replay or on demand, and we invite you in. God, have your way. Take over and move by your spirit. What does that mean? God, we're in our series group therapy, and that means healing. So we're asking you to heal us. Lay us out on the surgery table and do what you gotta do. We're not holding on to anything. We will not be bitter. We will not be angry. We will not be frustrated. But God, we will be better. Why? Our future needs us healed. Our future needs us healed. Our future needs us healed. Why? Come April is acceleration. They pay under And so we need to heal this month so that we can move forward faster. So we can go forward faster. So we can go forward faster. I just need somebody that knows God's going to cut the time for what you thought it was going to take and make it take less time. Can I get you to release a praise right there? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When you're healed, it's not going to take as long. When you're healed, it's not going to take as long. Can I just get you to say it one more time? Say, my future needs me healed. Come on, Wednesday. Let's go to work. We're in our series, Group Therapy. And what are we doing? We are looking at how we've lived. We're learning, and then we are living better. Somebody said, look at how I've lived. Learn, then live better. Only a fool doesn't learn from previous life. Only a fool doesn't learn from previous loss. Only a fool doesn't learn from previous lesson. And can I tell you what happens if you don't learn? You have to repeat. And I think you're sitting next to somebody and you're on chat with somebody that says, listen, I refuse 
to have a repeat of any circumstance or shit. I'm not going through that again. I wish there were some of y'all in here tonight and some of y'all online that you made up in your mind. Listen, I may have messed up last year, last month, last week, but I'll be doggone if I let that happen again. I will not have a repeat. This may look similar, but baby, this is not the same. Open your mouth and say, I'm not repeating nothing. That's important because if you don't learn, you will have to repeat. If you don't learn, you will have to repeat. That's why some of you keep meeting the same type of person in a different body because you didn't learn the lesson in the last body. Ooh, but baby, that was then. This is now. So listen, we learn on Sunday that no one is exempt from wounds. Somebody say, no one is exempt from wounds. Thank you. Watch this. John 16, 33 Amplified says this. I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. Everybody, please pay attention. Jesus says, I'm telling you up front that you need to stay in me so that what's going on around you doesn't tear your world up. Some of y'all, the moment you go through something, you stop being faithful to church. Stop it. Some of y'all, the moment something goes wrong in your life, don't nobody see you no more. Stop it. Jesus told you up front, I need you in me because what you go through in the world is going to make you want to holler. Let's talk. It's going to make you want to throw in the towel, make you want to give up, but that's not the type of person you are anymore. See, you used to be flaky, Jakey, but that ain't your name no more. Y'all ain't going to talk to me. You used to be inconsistent, but that's not your story anymore. You used to be an emotional Christian that was up and down. That's not your story anymore. You used to be somebody that if people didn't say hi to you, you were talking about I'm done with this and I'm done with that. But open your mouth and say, I'm not in that place anymore. Jesus said, in me, watch me, stay in me, stay in me, you will have perfect peace. Because in this world, let me tell you what you're going to have, tribulation, distress, and suffering. Tribulation, uh, distress, and suffering, a.k.a. wounds. Jesus promised you up front that the world will wound you. Shut up. He promised you up front that the world is going to wound you. So he says, you need to stay in me because if you get out of me, then wounds are going to literally, you're going to drown in them. And this is why you meet people that have been out of the situation for years, but the situation is still in them and they're drowning in it. They're bitter. Come on. Oh, God. They're bitter, they're angry, they're mad, they're cantankerous, and you see it, it's written all over their face. They don't even have to say a word. When they open their mouth to speak, you can hear their venom, you can hear their poison, you can hear that they're not healed. But I prophesy, when you open your mouth, people gonna hear healing. They gonna hear your wounds, but they also gonna see your victory. They're going to hear your valley, but they're going to hear your victory. They're going to hear that you went through hell, but baby, that you came out looking at ice cream cone. Would you look over at somebody, don't touch them, but just look at her and say, when you speak, healing's going to come out. Y'all ain't saying it like you mean it. Say it to somebody that's going to shout after you tell them that. Say, when you speak, healing's going to come out. That's why the Bible says he sent his word and he healed them. When I open my mouth, I'm filled with his word and I speak words that heal. Let's go. Jesus says you're going to be wounded. Period. Period. I need everybody to say that with me. You ready? Period. And I need you to do the hand move so that you get it. Come on, you ready? Period. He says, Jesus says you're going to be wounded. He says, so I just need you to accept that. 
But look at the verse. But be courageous. In other words, you're going to have to have courage when you are discouraged. Notice he said be, which means this is a choice. Can I be honest with you? A lot of the stuff you're saying you can't heal from is because you don't want to heal from it. I've discovered most people don't want healing. They want attention. Stop saying stuff you ain't going to do because if you wanted to do it, you would have done it. Stop conspiring to quit because if you wanted to quit, you would have quit. Stop talking about how you about to give up. If you wanted to do it, you would have did it. You just want attention instead of healing because attention seems more glamorous than healing. Can I prove it to you? If you've ever been in a restaurant, the child that gets all the attention is the one that's acting a fool, not the one that's sitting there eating their little cheese sandwich. The one that's hollering and screaming gets the attention. So what does that teach? That teaches us subconsciously as children that if I want attention, I should act out. This is why you have some friends that do all this drama. Every, every few days, they tell, oh, I'm so depressed. Oh, I'm so this. Oh, I'm so that. Oh, I'm so that. Well, baby, do you want to be healed? Because if you want to be healed, I need you to change what's coming up out of you. I ain't got time to sit up and hear your sob story. Do you want to be healed or not? Well, I don't have nobody to put me in the pool. Build a pool and put yourself in. Look over at somebody and say, I know you want to be healed. Tell them, say, because you're in group therapy. But be courageous. He says, you have to choose this. You have to choose this. Be courageous. What does this mean? Be confident. Be undaunted. Be filled with joy. These are all choices. So that means the wound I didn't choose. But I do choose how I respond to the wound. You didn't choose being betrayed, but you choose how you respond to being betrayed. You didn't choose being cheated on, but you get to choose how you respond to it. Y'all ain't going to talk. You, you didn't choose a wound, but you get to choose how you respond to the wound. He says, he says, be courageous. I have overcome the world. My conquest is accomplished. My victory is abiding. Now, this is good because Jesus hadn't died yet. And he said, but I already have victory. He says, my conquest is accomplished. What's conquest? It means I've gone on a journey to secure something for you. And because I've gone on that journey to secure something for you, that thing has been secured. Well, what did he secure? And with his stripes, we are healed. Check it out. Not just physical healing, but baby, emotional healing. That's what the word therapy means. It means healing. Jesus says, I already took care of that. Which means it's been paid for. Now, whether or not you go pick it up or not, that's on you. You can order somebody some food and say it's down at the restaurant, but if they never go pick it up, then all they're going to do is have cold french fries. And for some of you, watch me, you keep accusing God of doing something he didn't do and accusing God of not being there when he's been there. You just didn't go pick up your order. Ooh, but you sit next to somebody tonight that says, in this month, watch me go pick up my order. Why? The Bible says he daily loads me with benefits, and one of those benefits is healing. Please make this declaration that I choose to heal. All right, so let's do the work. You can be wounded by actions and words. Jesus said you're going to be wounded. And guess what? You're going to be wounded by actions. People are going to do some stuff that's going to hurt you. Got it? And in fact, can I be honest with you? Some people are going to do some stuff because, listen, I found that there's a lot of people who they don't want healing. They just want to see somebody else hurt. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? You seen that too? You seen that? Tell me, have you seen it? Have you seen it? They don't want to be healed. They want to see other people hurt. So they will gossip in the name of Jesus. 
They will lie in the name of Jesus. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me tonight. Because you don't really want to be healed. What you want to do is see somebody else hurt, thinking that if you inflict a wound, it's going to fix your wound. This is where we get the saying, hurting people hurt people. Because when you're wounded, sometimes you can begin to think that if I wound another, I'll feel better. The problem is you've done two things. Number one, you've taken vengeance. And the Bible says there's two things God will not share with man. That's his glory and his vengeance. If you get vengeance, God says, listen, that's all you're going to get is what you did. This is why I learned not to clap back sometimes. Come on. I learned sometimes to just say, Lord, I give this one to you. Because, see, I can hurt her for the day, but you're going to hurt her for the rest of her life. I can clap back and hurt them for a few weeks, but you're going to hurt them for the rest of their life. And for some of you, I need you to stop taking matters into your own hands because you're wounded and just say, Lord, I wash my hands of this and I give it to you. Let's pause right here. I need us to go up in the spirit for just a few seconds and just say, Lord, I give it to you. I give it to you. What am I giving to you? The stuff I want to clap back at, the stuff I want to get vengeance on, the stuff I, I give it to you. Please open your mouth. You type it on the screen. Say, I give it to you. Actions are going to wound you. Words are going to wound you. And I think words can be worse wounds than actions. Because words are spirit. John 6, 6 and 3 says words are spirit, which means they transcend time. Did you hear me? An action is in time. A word transcends time. Okay, listen. You are a word. He spoke you into existence. That's why in Jeremiah says, before you were in your mother's womb, I knew you because I spoke you before I gave you a body, which means your whole existence is a word. If we, were, if we were to reduce you down to the smallest cell, to the smallest atom, you'd see the word. How do you know, Bishop? Because in the beginning, God said, and there was. He said, and there was. Check this out. So what happens when words wound you? Words are introduced to Watch me, at one stage of your life with the intent to control a future stage of your life. You heard it as a teenager, but it still messes with you as a grown woman. You heard it as a young man, but it still messes with you as a grown man. Actions and words can wound you. And here's what I said to you on Sunday. Do not regret your wounds. Here's what a lot of us do is we look back on life with regret. What is regret? It's perpetual grief. What does that mean? That you're always, there's five stages of grief recovery. The last stage is acceptance, which means when you're in perpetual grief, you go from stage one to four over and over and over and over and over again, which is why sometimes you feel good and then you're like, oh, but I ain't having a good day. What happened? What happened? You stayed in regret, perpetual grief. So you went to stage four, came back to stage two, went to stage three, went back to stage one. You were good, then you saw him, now you're mad. And I need you not to live with regret. Let's just, let's just go ahead and deal with this. You, everybody look at me. Everybody look at me. Me and you. Me and you. You have done some crazy stuff. But God. That's all y'all going to give? I'm going to say it one more time. We all have done some crazy, ratchet, ridiculous stuff. But on three, I need you to explain how you got out. One, two, three. But God. So since everybody done done something, there's no need in you regretting what it was. Just change what it's about to be. I can't change my past, but I can influence my future. I can't change what I've done, but I can change what I'm about to see. 
Somebody say no regret. Jeremiah 10, 19. This is Jeremiah. Jeremiah is known as the weeping prophet. Jeremiah has a, different, a difficult assignment. Hear me, but his assignment was his protection. When you're doing what you're sent to do, you're protected in it, even if you feel neglected in it. When you do what you said, let me back that thing. When you do what you're called to do, watch me, you're protected in it, even if you feel neglected in it. See, what Jeremiah didn't understand is the reason that he didn't die like the others of his generation is because he was in his assignment. Now, in his assignment, he kept saying, God, these people are hard-headed. They don't listen. He said, I don't even want to say your name. Say your name no more. But guess what? He said, but listen, one day, it was like fire that shut up in my bones. He didn't understand that even though he felt neglected by the people, his assignment was to God. Which means, watch me, everything I do, I do it. Come on, what did we learn last month? As unto the Lord. Which means I'm not looking for your applause because you might not clap for me one day, but heaven's clapping. You might not say good job one day, but God's saying, that's my son. That's my boy. You better go, 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 go. You better go. Your assignment, you're protected in it, even if you feel neglected in it. His assignment was difficult because he wanted more for people than they wanted for themselves. And this was very difficult because every time he gets up and says a message, then a false prophet would come behind him and say, you ain't got to change. You ain't got to do nothing. I just see, I just see great things happening for you. And you remember, like, no, like, it's about to be 70 years, a mess, because y'all don't listen. And then a false prophet would come. Watch me. The false prophet, watch me. You got to be careful because this is the generation we live in. This is the time we live in. The false prophet would come after Jeremiah would give truth to try to undo what Jeremiah just said. I pray you ain't got no false prophets in your ear that after you leave church and after you get a word, they try to undo what you heard. So let me exercise apostolic authority. I rebuke every single false prophet and false voice that's in your ear, that's in your circle, that's around you, that's trying to counteract what God says to you in Jesus' name. Somebody say, Lord, shut that down. So they literally, they threw Jeremiah into the cistern, which was like, a, just think of it like a big deep well. They threw him into that. They locked him up. They, they beat him. They talked about him. Like, he had a rough life. So he's known as the weeping prophet because he's like, God, you call me, but this is hard. And he feels neglected, but he doesn't understand that because he's fulfilling his assignment, he's actually protected. You can feel neglected not realizing that what you call neglect was God's way to protect. Because Jeremiah, while the rest of them were going down, you were prospering. All right? So, 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 so Jeremiah, look at what he says. Woe is me. Look, there you go. He's doing his weeping thing. He, he's doing his victim thing. And I need you to say this. Say, I'm not a victim. I want to go here because we live in this time now where everybody's talking about get help, get help, get help. Let me say this to you as clear as I can. Help is only good if it empowers you not to be a victim. It's not help if you come out of it blaming your mama. It's not help if you come out of it blaming your daddy. 
Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me, but I got to be as direct. It's not help. I don't care what they say and what they got in front of their name or behind their name. If it's empowering you to see yourself as a victim, that's not help. But if it's making you take authority and take ownership and say, you know what? It happened, but you better keep it moving. You went through it, but you better keep it moving. Then if it's not empowering you, I'm here to tell you it's hurting you. And we live in a world that wants to get you on some pills so that they can keep you as a patient. And I'm not against therapy and treatment and all of that because some people need it. But what I am saying is this. If it's not empowering you, but it's making you think you're somehow victimized. And woe is you. And you've had it so hard. Nobody knows that. Everybody been through something, baby. You know what, I, I'm going to preach hard tonight. You know what I love about the civil rights generation is that they got bit by dogs. They got water hoses put on them. They got called boys and girls as grown men and women. But they said, we ain't going to stop marching until we win. We ain't going to stop fighting until we win. And I wish today that the world had that type of mentality. It ain't over until I win. It's not help if it's, if it's it's not help if it's telling you you're a victim. It's not help if it's blaming everybody else. Y'all ain't gonna say nothing to me. It's not help if it doesn't make you self-actualize. Mm. He says, "Woe is me. Woe is me. Woe is me." Say, "I'm not a victim." Why is he saying, well, me? Because of my hurt. He says, I'm hurt. I think he's a man of God. And I want everybody to see this. If the man of God wasn't exempt from wounds, neither are you. He says, my wound is grievous. But I said, truly, it is an affliction. And I must bear it. So, so watch this. There's this butt there. Say, so it's a big old butt. All right, listen. <laughs> he, he says, my wound is grievous. He's like, this has me grieving, man. He's like, listen, there's some days I want to snap, crackle, and pop. And then 15 minutes later, I want to pray for him. And then two hours later, I'm praying for God to just let something happen. Can we be honest Wednesday night? And then about two hours later, I'm just saying, God, forgive me for being so... And then before you go to bed, you accidentally see a post and say, God, now please, by the morning. Can we, see, y'all don't want to be honest. He says, my wound is grievous, but truly I said, but, everybody holler, but, but, but I said, notice what he did to heal. He said something to himself. See, it's nice what people say to you, but what do you say to yourself? Self-talk is the most important talk because it overrides every kind of talk. You spend more time with yourself than you do anybody else. What do you say to you? I said, he says to himself, truly, this is an affliction. He was like, I'm not even going to deny what it is. Like, so let's deal with this. Stop pretending you're not hurt. All right, how many of us can be honest that at some point in your journey or walk, you've pretended like it didn't hurt you? Oh, I'm good. <laughs> Oh, I'm fine. Well, all that extra on fine tells me you're not. You're slamming stuff. You're moving stuff. 
So, so listen, he speaks to himself, but he acknowledges the fact before that, like, this hurts. This is, this is grieving me, and it hurts, and I'm going to deal with it. And he says, I got to bear it. What does the word bear mean in Hebrew? It means I accept it. Say, I accept it. You need to accept that there are some people who you loved them and they loved what you did for them. I'll say it again so that everybody hears me. You need to accept the fact that there are some people that you loved them. What does that mean? You were loyal to them. It didn't matter what happened. You said, I'm with you. But they were loyal to what you did for them. How do you know that? Because when you stopped doing that, their love ended. We talked about this on prayer, right? Okay, all right. So say, I accept it. Okay, and here's the deal. Acceptance doesn't require them. It doesn't require a conversation with them. Because a lot of you put your, whole, your healing on hold waiting on them. Well, soon they call me back. They may never call you back. Can I be honest with you? There are some apologies you're never going to get. And you need to be okay with that. Healing isn't for them, it's for me. My future needs me that way. I have to accept it, then what do I have to do? This, here's the next definition of this word. It means I advance from it. So I cannot advance from what I have not first accepted. I cannot advance from what I have not first accepted. I'm going to say it again. I cannot advance from what I have not first what? So what does advance mean? It means I move on question if you were in a boat and there was some rotten wood at the bottom of the boat you have three options option one is you can try to get to your destination with the rotting wood which means what's going to eventually happen with the rotting wood it's going to fall off your boat's going to have a hole your boat's going to sink so you're going to take on water which means what's around you gets in you You can try that, okay? Problem is, is you're going to tear your boat up on your way to where you're going. And your next will. I need the faith in this room to go from like a 4.75 to a tear. Say, and my next will will be my best will. So that's option one. Here's option two. Option two, you can slow the rowing down for a second. You can go deal with the pieces of wood that are rotten. You can replace those pieces of wood. Now, now, now here's the deal. Um, that looks harder than it is because you're having to advance while also amending. You're having to go forward while also fixing something at the same time. But if you don't fix that rotten wood, What's going to happen? Your boat's going to sink. Got it? And here's your third option. Do nothing. And just hope on a wing and a prayer that you get to where you're going. Somebody said, that's not a real option. So to advance means I heal while I'm moving forward. I'm fixing it while I'm moving forward. Here's what most of us like to do. You want to stop everything. I hear Christians say some stuff that is just not scriptural. I just need to, I'm just in a season of sitting down and healing. That's not scriptural. 
See, because when you get up and get back into the game, you won't know how to move at the pace. Y'all ain't gonna say that again. You're not gonna know how to move at the pace of the game. So now when you get back in the game, you're not able to keep up in the game because you took yourself out the game. This is why, I forget who said it. He said, if you're going through hell, keep going. Right? Somebody say, I advance. Right, so I accept it, then I advance, and then here's the last thing I do. I forgive. Forgiveness isn't for them. It's for you. And you're going to have to forgive a lot of people who will never apologize. And you have to be okay with that. And you don't have to tell nobody, and I forgave you, and you never apologize. They don't even, listen, that's like telling Domino's something wrong with your Pizza Hut order. They don't care nothing about that. That ain't got nothing to do with them as far as they're concerned. Say, I forgive. What does this mean? I release you from punishment. Here's what unforgiveness is. I'm going to punish you in my mind. Like, I'm going to get, I'm going to get, I'm going to get you, sucker. Who remembers that movie? I'm going to get you, sucker, with the fist boots and fist at the bottom of the boots. I'm going to get you, sucker. So, unforgiveness is like, uh-huh, you are so dying in my head. In my head, I so talk crazy to you when you call me. In my mind, the way I just looked at you, that's unforgiveness. How many, how many of you, come on, let's have an honest moment in the building and online. You can be honest that, that there are some people where you are still punishing them in your head. Let's be honest. And can I be honest with you? The only place they're being punished <laughs> Bishop, Bishop, why hasn't God done anything? I keep it on my mind because he hasn't because God hasn't done anything. It's not on God's mind. God says, we can't start working on that until you give it to us. God, I want to throw this back. Because you won't forgive and let it go, that means you still have possession of the wound. And since you have possession of it, we can't start getting them until you let it go. And I think there's somebody in this building and somebody online that just needs to make the decision and say, I choose to forgive and let it go. Say, I choose to forgive and let it go. God cannot work with what you have not given him. So you holding on to it, God is like, um, would you please give me this? Because as long as you hold on to this, we can't even get started. That's why it looks like they're prospering. Come on, y'all. Y'all don't want to be real. That's why it looks like they're getting away with what they did because I can't even enter judgment against them until you give it to me. You got to bring it to the court so the judge can issue judgment. I, I, I can't even whoop her head like I want to. I can't even get her like I, I can't even get him like I want to because you ain't let it go. Look over at somebody and say, please let it go. Some of y'all, I need you to take you out a piece of paper, put it in your phone, some, folks, some stuff you need to let go of tonight. tonight. Now, I'm so serious. Get your phone, get you a piece of paper. If you're online, I need you to, because some of y'all, it ain't a few folks, you got a running list. Of people you've been punishing in your head. And God says, we can't even start working on that because you have possession of it. 
You can't fix a car when you won't take it to the mechanic. Then my oil still ain't changed. You have to bring it in, sir. I know it's so simple, but that, but just, just catch that. Because forgiveness is like, okay, listen, now that you let it go, now let us start. And God is like a real good collection agency. He's going to find you. He's going to find you. And he's going to stay in your face until you pay. Y'all like, that's what I want to go up. That's why the Bible says, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. And recompense. What does that mean? I'm going to take care of them and I'm going to repay you. I'm going to take care of them and I'm going to repay you. But I can't start any of it until you forgive and let it go. Say those three words. Say forgive and let it go. Four. Forgive and let it go. Wounds are part of your walk. You ready for this? Psalm 119.71, English Standard. It is good for me that I was afflicted, that I might learn your statutes. Remember, Jeremiah said this is an, uh, what? an affliction. So what does the psalmist say? It was good for me. In other words, this made my walk better. Why? Because wounds perfect you. Psalm 138 and 8. The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Your mercy, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. Perfect is the Hebrew word gemar. I talked to you this on Sunday. It means to complete. Say he's completing me. You ready for this? To complete you, he cuts you. I'll say it again. To complete you, he cuts you. What do you mean he cuts me? He allows you to be cut. He allows you to be wounded. Like, God's math is different than yours. See, you add to add. He subtracts to add. He divides to multiply. Whenever you see division around you, say multiplication on the way. Whenever you see subtraction around you, say addition is on the way. That's his math. He told Gideon, you got too many people around you. And they're going to try to get the credit for what I'm about to do for you. He says, so I'm going to reduce this army of tens of thousands down to a few hundred. And I'm about to show you that you didn't need all of what you thought you needed to get it done in the first place. I subtracted in order to add. And I need somebody to give them glory that there's some people around you he's been subtracting. And there's been some friendships where there's been some division. There's been some family situations. There's been some division. But I'm going to tell you, God says, I'm about to add and I'm about to multiply. Why do you ask? Because your next 12 will be your. So look, so that word complete, it's a transitive word. Stick with me. It's a transitive word. Transitive means it deals with three things simultaneously and equally. Three things simultaneously and equally. Multiple things, to be more specific. But in this particular context, there's three things. So God says, here's how I complete you. Here's how I perfect you. Me, you, and I wound you. Me, you, and your wounds. God says, I use your wounds to complete you. Your wounds are part of your walk. Your walk isn't strong when your wounds are weak. You want to know how you as strong as you are today? 
come here. Let me tell you a secret. It's because you've been wounded. And you had to lay there in your own blood. And in the middle, who am I talking to? And in feeling like you couldn't take no more, somehow, somewhere, you came up out of the middle of what you thought was going to be your end. You survived what other people lost their mind in. You made it over what took other people under. You're not this strong today because you didn't have it rough. You're this strong today because you had it rough, but you kept it moving. Say, my wounds are part of my walk. Now, I want to say this. Everybody, please pay attention and listen. I slow. I, I, shh. Everybody with me? Nothing went wrong. Because it wasn't easy. We live in a time where people are entitled to thinking that if it's hard, something's wrong. If it's difficult, something's wrong. Like, we live in a day where people think, well, look, you know, you know, they think they got a little body, yaddy, yaddy, and so they put it on the computer, and so... And so, and so everybody is supposed to like their body yaddy yaddy on the computer. And if everybody don't like their body yaddy yaddy on the computer, I'm talking for my southern people, because southern people don't call it Instagram. They call everything that's on the phone the computer. Instagram is the computer. Facebook is the computer. Twitter is the computer. The internet is the computer. Your phone is the computer. The computer is the computer. They say stuff like this in the south. Bring it up on the internet. doing that for my deep southern folks right there. All right, check this out. Everybody check this out. Here's the deal. Here's what we think. Here's what we think. If something's going wrong, something's wrong. If something's hard, something's wrong. I I'm slowing it down because I need you to understand because you'll look at people and you'll be like, oh man, they were nobody on Monday and now they got 4,386,452 followers. <laughs> Lift your hands. Since you're going to be that bold, I pray that God would send something to your house that blows your mind. Now watch everybody for to do it. I receive it too, Bishop. Right, everybody watch. Everybody watch. Everybody watch. Everybody watch. Here's the deal. You will look at a person's story and you will think, oh man, they made it. Watch me. And you will try to replicate what they did to get what you think is results. Can I help you? Sometimes attention is a curse. Why? Because they're not ready for it, and when they get it, it's going to kill them. Some of you better be glad he kept you back here. You better be glad you didn't go it the way you wanted it to go, because had you got that level of attention, you wouldn't have known what to do with it. Nothing went wrong because it wasn't easy. Let me show you something. 2 Peter 1, 3, Amplified. For his divine power has bestowed upon us. This is Amplified. Amplified adds things. They amplify it. So everything in the brackets is from the Amplified. Absolutely everything necessary for a dynamic spiritual life and godliness. Say everything. everything. 
absolutely everything necessary has been provided. Well, Bishop, how did he provide it? Go back to Psalm 138 and 8. Here's how he provided it for you. Him, you, your wounds. Mm -mm, I slowed it down so you get it. Your wounds are providing more for you than you even know. Say my wounds are providing more for me than I even know. So nothing went wrong because it wasn't easy. Nothing went wrong because it was tough. Nothing went wrong because they walked out. Nothing went wrong because they left. Nothing went wrong because of this. All right. I'm going to say nothing went wrong. Nothing went wrong. Nothing went wrong. Nothing went wrong. Say nothing went wrong. Say nothing went wrong. Say nothing went wrong. Nothing went wrong. Nothing went wrong. Nothing went wrong. Like that needs to be your theme for Thursday. Because every time something goes wrong, you're like, God, oh, what's wrong? He's like, everything is going exactly as planned. Judas is part of the plan. Delilah is part of the plan. Lilith is part of the plan. Betrayal is part of the plan. The wound is part of the plan. Somebody say nothing went wrong. Say it's part of the plan. Uh-uh, I got to work this point because y'all ain't got this one. Uh-uh, because you'd be shouting better than that right there. Uh-uh. Somebody say this. Say nothing went wrong because it wasn't easy. Say it's part of the plan. Because what does Second Peter say? His divine power has given to us, bestowed upon us absolutely everything that we need for dynamic spiritual life and godliness. He said everything you need, I'm going to give it to you and hurt. I'm going to teach you how to pray from a womb. I'm going to teach you how to worship from a womb. I'm going to teach you how to be faithful to church from a womb. I'm going to teach you how not to put your faith in men, but to put it in God from a womb. I'm going to show you how to get debt free from a womb. Can you celebrate God that your wounds have literally been used to complete you? I'm going to give y'all five seconds. Go. Five, four, three, two, one. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Nothing went wrong. Say it again. Say, nothing went wrong. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. I gotta go, I gotta go. Here's why. God, this is good. Because wounds make you repent. Hosea 6.1, amplified. Come and let us return. It was a wound that made you get back in church. It was a wound that got you in service. It was a wound that got you back focused. It's a wound that's got somebody watching tonight. You got tears coming down your eye. Let me go in the spirit. You have on a green shirt. You're watching right now. You got wounds and those wounds got you here tonight. Come, let us return in repentance to the Lord. Your wounds pushed you back to him. Your, see, people say, why are you so loud? Because, see, your worship was birthed out of a wound. So while other people are sitting, I can't say nothing, you're like, I can't sit quiet because I remember when I was wounded and I felt like giving up, but it was my worship that got me through and my worship that got me out. Say, my worship 
was birthed from my womb. Come, let us return in repentance to the Lord. Look at this. He tore us, but he'll heal us. What does it mean when the Bible says that? God says, God says I could have stopped it, but I didn't. I could have not let you do what you were so grown and bold enough to do. Because most of your wounds came from you thinking more of yourself than you should have thought. I'm going to change them. You ain't going to change nobody. You're just working on changing yourself. For he has torn us. What does this mean? He allowed us to be torn, but he'll heal us. He has wounded us. What does it mean? He allowed us to be wounded. He, everybody listen to me. He could have stopped it. He chose not to so that the wound would complete you. He literally could have shut the whole thing down. But watch me. As any good father, sometimes you have to let your children make a mess. So that the next time you say something, they're going to listen. I think there's a few people in here tonight where you didn't made some mistakes in your past. But then, watch me, after making that mistake, you're like, whatever he say, I'm going to do. Because I watched it work. But come, let us return. To the Lord, for he has torn us, but he will heal us. He has wounded us, but he will bandage us. So here's the bandage. I told you this on Sunday at the 915. It means I'm going to wrap you tight with pressure. My box people that did this on Sunday, whoever you were, come on back. Uh, if you don't remember who you were, just come on. And if you don't remember from Sunday, I need you to take you some ginkgo biloba. <laughs> I think. I don't know. I'm not a medical doctor. That's all right. That's cool. Come on. That's all right. Come on. No, come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. All right. So y'all boxing me in. Now you come on. Boxing me in. Come over here. Boxing me in. Now here's the deal. All right. So, so put the verse up. Verse says, uh, he will bandage us. So here's your healing process. God says, I'm going to put, I'm going to wrap you tight, which means I'm going to constrict your movements. Everybody listen to me. There's some things you could not do. Please listen to me. Because God says, I need you to heal before you go do that. Because if you start that and you're not healed, you're going to bleed on it. And you can't bleed on what you're about to build. I could run out this room. You cannot bleed on what you're about to build. So I constricted your movements. I didn't let you go nowhere. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing that he put us all in the same constriction at the same time? Which means something's about to happen in the earth. We've been praying for people to come to the Lord like never before. We're about to see it happen. Why? He's been constricting people's movements. There's some stuff you want to do, I'm not going to let you do. Places you want to go, I'm not letting you go. You ain't, sit down. There's some folks' houses you was trying to go over you couldn't get to. Come on here. There's some cities you were trying to get to you couldn't get to. Some stuff you were trying to start you couldn't start. Some houses you were trying to buy you couldn't buy. Some cars you wanted he wouldn't let you have. He said, I'm going to constrict you. You ain't going. No, you're going to learn today. Sit down. I'm constricting your movement because I wrapped you tight. And here's, here's the deal. I'm wrapping you tight. Let's go medical. Because if I don't put pressure on the wounds, you will bleed out. So what you thought was negative pressure, it was really positive pressure so you wouldn't bleed out. Your leader treated you that way and you thought they were wrong. They were not wrong. What they were doing was making sure pressure was on you because you didn't even know if they don't put pressure on you, you are about to bleed out and die. You ready? Say wrap tight with pressure. 
Okay, now try to get out of this. And can't go nowhere. Can't go nowhere. Can't go nowhere. Can't go nowhere. Now notice. Now, now listen. Now, ooh, that was good. That was. <laughs> it was like when I dip, you dip, we dip. Listen. <laughs> if I watch, if I watch, if I watch, if I watch, here's the deal. Say wrap tight, wrap tight. with pressure. So God constricts your movements, and then he puts pressure on you. Watch me. And where does the pressure come from? Other people. Who can be honest that there's been some people in your life where there's been pressure applied in the last 12 months? Here's the deal. I need you, some of you owe the people who applied the pressure an apology. Because what you didn't know is they were sent by God. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. What you did not know is they were sent by God. Y'all better talk to me. They were sent by God to get you healed. They were sent by God to keep you from losing your mind. They were sent by God to send you something to do and to give you an assignment because he, if you didn't have that assignment, you was going to run to Leroy's house. Y'all ain't going to talk to me. They were sent by God. Nothing against Leroy, just the name. Say, <laughs> so he wrapped me up. And put pressure on me. So, so this is, so now he says, I'm going to force you to heal. I think this is amazing because you got this knee brace on. I'm going to use it. You ask the Lord to use it. He's going to use it. You say, God, get the glory out of this injury. He's about to get the glory out of this injury. Why do they have this brace on here? So that you don't have full movement. Because if you have full movement, it ain't going to heal right. So the brace keeps it in alignment. Keeps it in order keeps it in check, keeps it in protocol. Because when it heals, it's going to be stronger than it was before. Somebody say, thank God. I was constricted and had pressure. Let me go, 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 let me go. So what did I say? Where do we end on Sunday? Your story shows your scars. He wraps you tight, puts pressure on you, and as that wound heals, what does it turn into first? A scar. Say a scar. a scar. Your story shows your scars. Revelation 12, 11. They won the victory over him. Talking about the enemy. Because of the blood of the lamb. Say, that's done. And the word of their testimony. They didn't love their life so much that they refused to give it up. Scarring is part of the healing process. When fibrous tissue replaces normal skin, after a wound. Somebody listen. Wherever the wound is, that skin is stronger than the normal skin around it. Which means that skin can take more damage, can take more pressure, can take more affliction, can take more weight than the normal skin around it. See, for many of you, you've been wounded in many areas, which is why you're strong in many areas. Like, you've been wounded in every way you can think possible. And that's because God says, I needed some stronger skin to grow in those places so that you would have a strength other people don't have in those places. So my scars reveal my story, but my scars reveal my strength. Because that's stronger than the skin around it. Say, it's stronger than the skin around it. So look at the stages. It goes from bleeding to inflammation to proliferation to remodeling. What is remodeling? It means I make something that was old into something new. So your scar is proof of a remodel. 
Y'all gonna sit there like that? Sometimes you're afraid of your scars. What is that? Your story. You're afraid of your story. You're afraid of what you've been through. You're afraid of what you're going through. Let me go here. Some of you are afraid of what you might go through. Not realizing your scars are part of your story and your scars reveal your strength. That skin is not weak like the rest of the skin around it. So you, watch me. Watch me. You ready for this? Many of you pray for strength. You didn't know that the answer to that was a wound. This is why you got to be careful praying for strength. Because he says, I'm going to give you strength. But to give you strength, I have to introduce a wound. Because that's the only way that skin will be stronger than the rest of the skin around it. You prayed for strength with your family, so they wounded you. So now if they talk about walking away from you, you ain't even phased by it. You're like, yeah, they say that. I'm good. You're wounded in business. Your business partner did you dirty. All right? So, so watch me. So, so now you have strength there. So you're not phased by that in the future. Can I say this? You ready? Could it be that your wounds were actually your vaccination? <laughs> Middle section. If y'all sit there like that, ain't your hand nothing back to me? What does the vaccination mean? Once I had it, I can't get it no more. Now that's natural immunity if I've had it one time. Let me see if I can say this another way. God let you get it so you can't get it no more. He let it happen so you ain't afraid of it happening no more. That's why people can say, I'm about to do this to you. Baby, I'm immune to that. I've already been through that wound. I've already been through that trouble. I've already been through that trauma. Somebody say, I got immunity. If somebody says, I'm leaving you, you've been, you've been wounded there already. That's part of your story. That's your scar. You're like, oh, okay. You ain't devastated? Yeah, you know, I wish you would have did it different than this, but to God be the glory. Mark chapter 10 says, whatever I give up for the sake of the kingdom, he'll replace. What did he say? He'll replace mothers and brothers and sisters and fathers and lands and homes. Go read it. He says, I'll replace whatever it is that you had to give up. So I need you to know, watch me, anything that leaves, God says, I got to upgrade. Shut your mouth. Anything that exits, God says, I've got an upgrade for you. What you see, Bishop? Upgrade, upgrade you. Look over at somebody and say, upgrade is on the way. Now let's go here. I'm almost done. Don't be afraid of your story. Okay? What's your story? Were you a single mom? Why are you, why are you ashamed of that? Like you did it. And now let's be honest. Maybe you were a little extra. Maybe you did do it. Now don't get quiet right there. <laughs> now y'all got quiet right there. <laughs> why are you afraid of that? Like why are you scared of that? Okay, you were locked up. Okay. You used to be on that stuff. I, that's a joke. Let me just be real clear there. Cause <laughs> okay, but listen, okay, why are you ashamed of that? You used to be a womanizer. Okay. So was David. <laughs> that son of his? 700 wives, 300 girlfriends on payroll. All the men say, thank you, Jesus. 
Could you imagine 700 wives? Like, you have to see two a day. Come down into my presence. You know what's going on with you? Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> Come down in. Could you imagine? David, da listen to me. David was, okay. This is Wednesday. Can I talk real? David was so, uh, no, I'm going to clean it up. David was so out there. See me for after church, church, for what I really want to say. That he saw a girl. Her name was Bathsheba. Bathsheba taking a bath like she's supposed to. She wasn't doing nothing wrong. David's like, I'm the king. And I want to. <laughs> you got He's like, I want her. David summons her, brings her into the palace, and say, disrobe that I might know thee. <laughs> I'm Uriah's wife, one of your mighty men, the one of the dudes that fights for you. He's fighting for you right now. This I know. Take your clothes off. <laughs> this is King David. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow. He's the only man God ever said that was after his own heart, yet he had a problem with relationships. Because no woman could ever make up for what he never got from his daddy. Why are you telling me this, Bishop? Because you're like ashamed of your story. You get to read all of David's business. You sing all of his songs, rejoice in the Lord. That's David. 90% of the songs we sing are stolen from David. Like every worship artist owes David a royalty check. Because all they did was go look in the Psalms and take a few words and be like. You know what I'm saying? Why are you afraid of your story? Rahab was a whole lot of stuff. She literally ran the town whorehouse. <laughs> People come to the city, they come for business, they handle some other business. And the Bible records her next to people like Abraham, who, by the way, was a whole lot. And by today's standard, we call him a deadbeat dad. Because he sent Ishmael off and the mama because uh, Sarah and the mama started fighting. And Sarah said, oh, no, this trick got to get up out of my house talking to me like that. See, my servant going to talk to me like that. She got to go. God tells Abraham, listen to Sarah so you don't have no hell going on in your house. Let Ishmael go with his mama. I'm going to bless him. By today's standard? You look at him, I can't believe you. Talking to your son like that, I can't believe you. I'm coming for you, I'm coming for you. Are you catching the point? Lazarus was dead. <laughs> Why are you afraid of your story? Peter was an arrogant, pompous bastard. 
fatherless one. He lived as a fatherless one. He was arrogant. He was pompous. He was literally his name, Simon. He had three different identities in the gospel. Simon, Simon, Peter, Peter. Simon means arrogance, snub nose. This is why he said all kind of stuff. I'll never leave you. <laughs> Jesus said, before the day is out. <laughs> arrogance makes you unaware. Say, I'm not afraid of my story. Why, why are you afraid of your story when the Bible is a bunch of other people's scars? Why are you afraid of yours when the Bible is a bunch of other people's scars? The whole, that's what we're reading. We're reading scars. Are y'all still with me? All right, so look at this. Psalm 30 and 17. We're almost there. For I am ready to fall. This is David speaking now. You remember this from a couple of messages ago. He was talking about how his wounds were foul and festering. You remember that? He says, I'm ready to fall. I'm ready to give up, and my pain is ever before me. Verse 18. This is when the change happened. But I confess my iniquity. What's iniquity? I confess this generational stuff. And what did I teach you? This is the way their family practiced handling wounds. He was handling like his father handled wounds. And I taught you that. He says, I'm sorry for my sin. He says, I have handled these wounds like the generations before me, and it didn't work for them. And I'm sorry for my sin. My mistake was in how I handled my wounds. I'm promised wounds. Wounds are part of the plan. They are part of the process. My sin is how I responded to the wound. Sin is an illegitimate response to a legitimate need. You still with me? Because we're about to go. You ready? So look at this. So check this out. Check this out. James 5, 16. What did David just say he did? He what? Confessed. I'm going to show you how you get healed. What did he do? What did he do? He talked about what he did and how he was wrong. You the one need healing, but you know what we spend all our time doing? Trying to talk about how everybody else need it. You need this, and you need this, and you need it. Somebody say, I confess. Here it is, we there. Therefore, confess your sins. What is that? How you mishandled your wounds. Therefore, confess how you mishandle your wounds to who? To one another. And then do what? Pray for one another. Please read the last part of the verse. You may be healed. So when you're ashamed of your story, you're ashamed of your scars, you're ashamed of your wounds, what do you do? You don't talk about it. If you don't talk about it, what can you never do? Heal. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Y'all ain't going to leave me out there when I didn't made a point like that. If you don't talk about it, what can you not do? Heal. So what does the enemy want you to be? Ashamed so you won't talk so you can never heal. I need somebody to open up your mouth and say, I will not be ashamed. Say, I choose to heal. Say it again, I choose to heal. Say, these are my confessions. I choose to heal. All right, watch this. Watch this last verse. Watch this last verse. Watch this last verse. You ready? First John 1 and 8, and we are, we are out of here. We are, is this helping anybody? How many can be honest that you have been ashamed of some of your scars? Most people. You've been ashamed of some of your scars. How many of you are honest that you've been so ashamed that you, you ready for this? This must be really honest Wednesday night. Where you have changed the, the truth to fit your narrative. 
Come on, let's be honest. Because the enemy says, go back to James. The enemy says, if you don't say nothing, I got you. James, please, thank you. If you don't say nothing, I got you. Because how do you get healed? You got to say it. You got to confess it. And you got to confess what you did. I don't want to hear nothing about what you did. I want to hear what you did. And then watch this. And you're going to have to tell. Watch. You ready for this? Everybody say one another. This is hard because that requires trust. And I wish I was preaching about trust issues tonight, but I'm not. I'm doing it on Sunday. I have to tell people my scars and my story because that's the only way I get healed. Do you see it right there? Now, here's what you think. You think you're the exemption to the rule. I'm going to tell God. Mm-mm. He didn't say nothing about right here. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. He said, you're going to have to tell it to what? One another. Okay. Can I just get ready to say, <sighs> say my God and my Lord. you want me to trust other people when the whole reason I'm wounded is somebody broke my trust. You want me to trust somebody else when the whole reason I'm in this mess is because of somebody else? Don't miss church on Sunday. Last verse. First John 1 8. Look. If we say we have no sin and how we handed our woes, let me tell you how you know you are not ready to heal because you see no error in what you did. I'm amazed by the people who don't see no wrong in what was wrong. I, it just blows my mind. Sometimes I just be like, Jesus, praise him. Amen. If we say we have no sin, what does the Bible say? We deceive what? Ourselves. And the truth is what? Is not in us. Well, look at verse 9. But if we confess our sins. So watch me. There's two conversations going on. Say with the Lord and with somebody else. Wow. Y'all liked everything I was saying until I got to this. This whole section over here, just their whole facial expressions change. Y'all know I'm just messing. Y'all know I'm messing. Y'all know I'm messing. I love you. But look, <laughs> but look, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins. And here's it. We're going home. And to cleanse us. What is he cleaning, y'all? The womb. But he can't clean the womb until you honest about the womb and tell him how you got the womb. some alcohol or peroxide, whatever I got. I ain't got alcohol. I want to show you something. Can I show you something? Everybody stand. We're done. We'll have after church church. (laughs) I see. Say, if I stay silent, I stay wounded. I just alcohol. Okay, all right. Somebody got an open sleeve. You got to come Oh,
head, you got a scar. Come look at God. Ask the Lord to use you. I want to use you. Actually, this is perfect. Zoom in. Zoom in right there. Zoom in right there. Y'all see that? This is normal weak skin. This is scarred strong skin. You missed it. In the spirit, there are areas where your story, which is your scar, it's it feels different. It looks different because it's stronger than what's around it. And that's nothing to be ashamed about. Everybody say, I release guilt. I release shame. Say, I will not be ashamed of my scars. So what does the Bible says? He will cleanse us. What is he cleansing? The wound. So what is he doing? He says, I'm going to take this cleanser and I'm going to put it on there. Just let it go and turn it like that there. And this is going to get it too. This is 99% nice and proper. If it was a real cut, he'd be out. Listen. Now listen. Here's the deal. It may sting a little bit, but that's because I'm cleaning it. It may be uncomfortable for a few moments. But that's because I'm cleaning it. It may not be enjoyable for a few moments, but that's because I'm cleaning it. It may be difficult to look at, so you keep looking in other directions for a few moments because I'm cleaning it. But this is how you overcome. And we overcome the enemy by the blood. What washed the wound? The blood. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood. Somebody say, nothing but the blood. So watch me. And we overcome the enemy. Go to Revelation for me. And we overcome the enemy by the blood of the lamb, please. And the word of my scars. The blood cleaned it. And look, it left this nice residue for you. You look ashy. Give me some lotion form so I can. Gonna send them off the stage looking rough. Um, oh my! Oh wow! So you couldn't just get no Jergens, huh? You had to. All right, all right, get yourself. All right, good. Y'all see, he sanitized before he put his hands in. Okay, Corona. Hang on, you got you good. Say, this is how I overcome. I, I just need you to sit with this for a second. The blood cleanses it. Why does he clean it? Because I confessed it to him and to somebody I could trust. Please don't miss Sunday's message. Because for some of y'all, that's the hardest part. You ain't got no problem talking to God about it. Your issue is... You don't want to say nothing to nobody. My greatest conversations of healing come, I will sit up and talk to other past Bishop Wright and other past, and we will sit up and talk, and I said, this is so cathartic. I said, I'm so good. Why? Because I had to get it out of me. So I could get it out of me. Say, this is how we overcome. By the blood of the lamb and the word of my testimony. Say, I am a testimony. 
I am a testimony. Say, I am a testimony. Can I just get you to lift your hands in this building? I don't lie for just a few minutes, a few moments, and worship the Lord. Watch me, that you will not have shame anymore concerning your scars or your story. Please, let's go for just a few seconds. Come on, in this building and online. Come on, Atlanta. Come on, Dallas. Come on, Fort Collins. Hallelujah. Say, this is how we overcome. This is how we overcome. This is how we overcome. Say, the blood of the Lamb and my testimony. I'm not ashamed of my story. I'm not ashamed of my wounds. I'm not ashamed of my scars. They made me better. Come on, y'all, let's go. Say, they perfected me. Can you release a praise? Watch me for your wounds, for your scars. Come on, y'all. It was good that you were afflicted. It was good that you were afflicted. It was good that you were abandoned. It was good that you were rejected. It was good that you were dropped. It was good that they walked out. It was good. But this is how we overcome. Say it again, this is how we overcome. Heads bowed, eyes closed. If you're in this building or online and you're not a Christian, tonight's your night. Secondly, if you're giving your life to the Lord, if you've not been faithful to him, tonight's your night. Thirdly, if you're like Bishop Bowman, I don't know where things stand with the Lord tonight. This is your moment to come to him. If you're in the building, on three, I'm going to ask you to wave your hand online. Ask you to do the hand wave emoji or say, it's me. If you need to become a Christian for the first time, we can mention something or we'll be sure. One, two, three. And that's you respond right now, wherever you're at. Church, let's celebrate. The hands we can see and those online. I got digital ambassadors on every platform. Please do that hand wave emoji or say it's me. Everybody say this. Say, Father, thank you for dying in my place because of this belief and because of this confession. But this is my first time praying this. I pray that you are my God. You are my Savior. You are my healer. You are my redeemer. I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that you are God. If I was far from you, I'm reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. This is how we overcome. This is how we overcome. I'm an overcomer. I'm not a victim. I'm an overcomer. I am not a victim. In Jesus' name. If you just prayed that prayer for the first time, recommitted yourself, Lord, or now sure, pick out your phone, text decision to 55498. Did you make a decision to become a Christian for the first time or recommit your life to Jesus? We want to help you make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. Text the word decision to 55498 to let us know about your decision and we'll send you amazing resources to help you know what to do next. We're praying for you and congratulations. The rest of your life will be the best of your life. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. 
Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.